Bad Family, a podcast for black sheep, bad kids, bad family. Hey, Lindsay. What up? Not much. How's it going? Oh, it's okay. It's like a, already feeling like a long week. Yeah, I hear you. I thought I was going to get more done yesterday and today. It's Tuesday for <laughs> anyone listening. We're recording on a Tuesday. But you know, just a few days in, I'm as tired as I would be on Thursday. <laughs> also, how I am feeling. Hey, Linkman. Hey, fam. What's up? What's up? Not too much. Um, pff, long day, but I ordered some food. It's on the way. So looking forward to that. Ooh, what'd you order? Um, just like a big burrito. Uh, hey, work. Haley's at work, so I got her some tacos for later. That's so sweet. That hey, Megan. Hey, you guys. Hi. Hey. Well, for our listeners, we've invited our sister Megan back. Uh, Megan, do you want to give a do a, another introduction just so our listeners, you know, can remember who you are and what your life is like? Feel free to say whatever you'd like about yourself. Um. Well, my name's Megan. I am 33. I'm not doing a whole lot. <laughs> I like drawing and I'm the middle child. The end. The end. Yeah. Um, not the end. <laughs> I feel like you're, I would have I think I would have been I would have said lots of other things about you. You know, your your um nearly perfect memory you know recall of certain things and your love of star wars but (laughs) it's hard to describe ourselves it is uh well i guess let's go ahead and get started um for our tell us apart um segment today um obviously for our you know the episode as a whole we actually wanted to talk about being kind to ourselves but I thought I would kick it off with our Tell Us Apart segment. Um, I thought maybe for Tell Us Apart, we could each say one thing, I guess two things that we like about ourselves, one physical thing and one um, quality. Oh, man. Okay. Do you want to go first, Lindsay? Oh, sure. Um, okay. One physical thing that I like about myself is my hair I like my hair um you have great hair I think I have great hair I'll say it (laughs) (laughs) um and one personality thing that I like about myself is um I think I think I'm a pretty good listener oh that's a good one I, I don't feel that about myself. <laughs> I would love for somebody to listen to this and be like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you think? <laughs> um, who wants to go next? You are, though. You are. Um, I like I like my eyes. I think they're pretty good. And I like... I like that I'm a nerd. I like being a nerd. Me too. Mm-hmm. I like, well. like that about <laughs> you, you nerd. <laughs> Dweeb. <clears throat> you? 
Um, for me, I really like my fingernails. I've always um, thought I had really lovely fingernails because they are really narrow. And, you know, some people like my thumb is the same size as my ring finger, which I, I know is a little bit unusual, but I can wear my ring finger rings on my thumb. And I just always appreciated that. I thought that was a bit unique and and uh, helpful for me since, you know, I can wear my rings different ways. Um, and something I like a quality about myself um, is I like my uh, personal drive. I mean, obviously I have bad days, but in general, I feel like I have a lot of motivation to try to learn new things or be better or just to read. You know, I think I, I have quite a lot of like get up and go. Yeah, you're very tenacious. Yeah. Mm hmm. I admire that. I admire that, too. Um, for me, Lindsay took hair, so... <laughs> yeah, you so, don't get to have good hair. I don't. Um, Only I, room for one I, good I, hair in this town. I like my moles. And Ew. I like... <laughs> what moles do you oh, have? Like the moles on your... Like, Beauty we have spots. these spots. I don't know a better word for them. I was just like kidding. Beauty marks? Yes. <laughs> beauty marks, whatever. Like little patches of dark brown on my skin that look cool. Yeah. Um, and I also like my hands and feet, because I've seen some people with some gross hands and feet in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny, because something I think we wanted to talk about today is when we compare ourselves to others, we lose. But I guess if you're Lincoln, you win. <laughs> <laughs> and don't pair hands and feet with me because I'll win. Uh, I don't, I've never liked feet. I don't know anyone whose feet I was like, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I'm not drawn to feet first, but if somebody has nice feet, I'm definitely like, I don't mind seeing those feet. Whereas with some people, you're a bit like, let me put your shoes back on. Please. Oh, I, think, I think every man should be required to wear closed-toed shoes. I think, like, you know those flip-flops where the, the like, V part, like, comes a little bit past the, and it makes every man's toes look, like, ten times longer? I think those shoes should all be thrown into a fire. I just think nobody should ever have to see a man's toes in public. Or even about- in the privacy of their own homes. I don't know the kind of shoes you're talking about. Isn't it like a California thing? You know what? I don't I don't know what they're called, but it's just like the strap part comes like a little bit, doesn't come all the way to the toes. And so it makes the toes look really long. And I hate that. Okay, it sounds like we've strong, got <laughs> strong feelings about toes Look, on the podcast. You tonight. brought it up. <laughs> You're right. You're yeah. right. All right, after this, um, please send us all a picture of the shoes you mean. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to Google men's sandals. <laughs> you like Tevas? Are they like an athletic sandal? I was thinking like a leather dress sandal of some sort, and I just can't visualize. No, no, no. Like a flip flop, but the you know, but the strap part just doesn't. This is way That's more long. time than I expected to talk about this. <laughs> <sighs> All right. I mean, I get it. You're anti-toe. I get it. 
All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, for like the heart of it section today, we thought we would talk about being kind to ourselves and like giving ourselves grace. Um, and this was a topic suggested by Lincoln. So Lincoln, I'm going to let you, uh, you talk it out. Go ahead and get us started. Um, sure. So basically what I was thinking was uh, oftentimes at work or in other parts of my life when I uh, work on something or then we have like a review and I see that people did better than myself, uh, I can be so hard on myself for no reason. Um, or if I like see someone is like working faster than me, I can be hard on myself mm-hmm. or any number of reasons to like just punch down. Um, so something that I really have to work on and struggle with is uh, being kind to myself and like giving myself grace to do things at my own pace. I think it makes perfect sense. I feel like that's also something hard for me to remember to do to myself, but I actually had a coworker say to me, you need to give yourself space and grace. Um, I rolled out a prop, not a problem. I rolled out a program which went well, but I rolled it out way too fast. And the ramifications of that were that it really overstressed our team. So for minimally two weeks, it just like everybody was underwater. Everyone was drowning because our research load increased by like over a hundred questions a week. All because instead of like a staggered rollout, I like rolled something out like bam, (laughs) all at once. And that was a lesson for me but, um, you know, I just, I just feel like understanding that language, like being, no one had ever said to me before, give yourself space and grace. And it really resonated with me. You know, we're not all perfect. You know, we make mistakes. It's a learning curve and, you know, taking meaningful things from it, but not beating yourself up over things. That was really I know that really resonated for me personally, especially on a work setting, Mm -hmm. but also on a personal setting. I think it's really, really easy to be mean to ourselves. I mean, yes, even in in memory, like when we remember good things, they are good, but just okay. But when we remember bad things, it's like the worst thing. You know what I mean? Like remembering embarrassment is like magnified by 500. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we like too easily dismiss compliments and too easily hold on and harbor uh, negative criticism. Mm-hmm. It's not even always that. It's like you just always like nobody is better at being mean to me than me. Like, yes. Uh, you know, and that's not even just like remembering things poorly. It's like the thoughts that I have throughout the day and like the 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 lens through which I see the world sometimes is like I have to sometimes take a step back and be like whoa pretty pretty harsh on yourself lens <laughs> it's tough yeah, I sometimes don't even think we catch that in our mental dialogue I definitely don't I don't and when I do I frequently am like but that's accurate, though. Yeah. I so feel... that's 
that's not um it's it's really hard for me to to figure out how to break that pattern because it it doesn't feel true to me to be like well but it's okay when you've got when you see like negative consequences of what you are doing or failing to do like i think it's really um i think it is really good that your coworker Courtney said that to you in the context of work because i think work is one of the hardest places to give yourself that kind of space and kindness because there's these external expectations on you of you have this quota to meet or you have you know you have to get this done by this deadline and you have to i mean really basic stuff but for me i have never ever been good at <laughs> being consistently at work on time and staying on task like so so for somebody to say that to you in the context of work which tends to be so pressurized and not a place where there's a lot of tolerance for hey you look like you're struggling with something let's uh let's talk about that what can we do and even when there is that kind of at least lip service like if you don't know what to tell them of how to help you then they don't know how to help you and then it just becomes like well get your shit together or we can't really afford to keep you that kind of thing so it's really hard in that context to be like i need to be kind to myself yeah i'm about to get myself fucking fired <laughs> that's hard um and outside of work in your personal life in my personal life what's Ugh, I had this one therapy group where I kept saying, you know this, and you do this, and you do that in the general way. And she was like, do you, when you say you, do you mean yourself? I think you should <laughs> say I and take responsibility for your own opinion. And I was like, can you? <sighs> Anyways, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really hard for me to be soft with myself when I look at where I'm at and I'm so unhappy with it. Uh, but at the same time, is it helpful to like beat yourself up? Do you know what I mean? Like, does it do the job of, of pivoting the direction? Cause I don't think it does. I think it just gives you a less emotional capacity to handle, you know, uh, a change. I'm sure you're right, but <laughs> for me, um, I spoke to my therapist about this topic and he basically said, like, if your friend was going through the same thing that you were going through, like if they weren't working as quickly as others or if they didn't do as well as another member of the team, would you like blame them or shit on them? And I said, no. Um, so basically, I think the idea is just to like, give yourself the same grace that you would give another person because I know you to be kind. And I think that we all here are kind. So like, if you know that someone is struggling for whatever reason, just try to extend yourself the same grace that you would extend them. And also uh, it's good to like assume good intent. I know you mentioned that, uh, uh, like with work you kind of assume that everyone will be 
mad if something doesn't go like perfectly but i think uh it's best to feel like people want to help you and then just communicate like what you need even if you don't know what that is see that's difficult though like i think probably megan and i both struggle with under communication and it's because we don't know well i'm speaking for both of us but maybe that's not fair i'll just speak for myself like when i am under communicating part of it is because i don't know um what help you know what would be helpful and uh so i'm trying to like make up for that by you know just pushing as hard as i can even if it's not producing much because i'm like even if it's late i'll send some you know i'll try and finish it myself without <laughs> without imposing on people and i'm like fully aware that it's not a pattern that works but i don't know what to ask for i mean i get that can is it something where like if you had more manpower or woman power like if you split up a task that would be helpful in some cases yeah i just feel like it's helpful to practice asking for help i mean and and ideally ahead of deadlines but if you you know if you're past a deadline and it's late then especially yes also asking for help but I loved Lincoln's idea of treating yourself like a friend because if I had a coworker who said to me, I'm really behind, I can't get this done. We're past the deadline. Could you help me with this? I wouldn't be upset at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would just be like, sure. I, yeah. Yes. I have time. I can do X, Y, Z, or I don't have time now, but I have time at three. Do you know what I mean? But my initial reaction wouldn't be like, you lazy mother freaker. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just wouldn't react like that. You know, if we were truly, if it was a good culture and we were truly working together as a team, I would want to help. And if I couldn't help right then, I probably would feel bad that I couldn't drop everything and help, but I would want to help. And so I, I love that idea that Lincoln said, like treating ourselves, like we would treat others. And it, or like you would treat a friend might allow you to ask for help more easily. I find that so much easier outside of a professional context. Mm -hmm. Like I can be a lot nicer to myself or I can, it's easier for me to be nicer to myself outside of other people's, you know, professional external expectations. Um, for whatever reason, those structures just like, make it feel much worse not to be able to perform even though they're not structures that are built to accommodate everyone um particularly mm -hmm. like, not like neurodiverse people or people with mental illnesses like they kind of are notorious for chewing people up and spitting them out um and not really having the right support systems for you know if you have difficulty <laughs> focusing on projects for long periods of time, but uh, it's very hard not to internalize quote unquote failures in that arena, as opposed to like in other areas of my life, if that makes sense. I get that. I think some of it is that people don't talk about 
not being 100% efficient performers, but no one is. You know, like before the days of the internet, people would do crossword puzzles or would talk around the water cooler. But even in terms of just feeling bad, there are days where I'm incredibly productive and I knock out a ton of things. And there are days where I'm sitting at the computer and I'm trying and, and it's just not happening. And I think that's okay. We have to give ourselves that leniency. And it's also good to talk about it. I actually talk about this with my teams because I know that there's, they're all excellent, you know, workers and, you know, with real research skills, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't members of the team who struggle with anxiety or depression or, you know, have things happen. Like we've had issues with COVID-19 on our teams where family members are infected or, you know, someone today on my team told me that, you know, her partner's mom just got diagnosed with breast cancer. There's just things that can distract you. Yeah. And I think that there should never be an, any expectation that you're going to be performing your best on those days. We just have days where we can't do it. And I think it's acceptable to say you'll have good days and you'll have bad days and lean hard into the good days, you know, and make it through the bad days. That's all you can do. Yeah. Because if you expect yourself to have like a good day every single day, then you'll be too hard on yourself if you aren't, you don't always have a good day. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm more concerned about like having a long string of not having any good days. <laughs> <laughs> well, ruts are kind of different. I struggle yeah. with ruts well. Um, but like my best solution to those are just like fix your basics, like eat healthy and get enough sleep and try to exercise and like set a good sleep cycle. And then uh, like all the tangential stuff will um, just be easier. Yeah. I mean, those things are, (laughs) those things seem simple and yet sometimes they are so hard. I have become like kind of an insomniac recently. Mm. me too i i have better brain in the morning meaning that if i wake up and i'm up early like i'll have my best thinking yeah but i'm also kind of a night Mm -hmm. owl and so like i don't want to go to bed even though i deeply love sleeping you know like matt is up and i want to be up yeah (laughs) i won't go to bed until late and then of course i won't get up in the morning and so it just kind of puts you in a bad cycle Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i feel Um, But Lindsay, my advice to you related to work is I know this is not like a a personal strength, but can be developed uh, in slow steps is that it would be really helpful to over communicate. Yeah, I I think everyone knows in their job, the bare minimum you can do. Do you know what I mean? And you're not going to be like a star performer, but like what you have to do at your job to keep the ball rolling do you know what I mean and people are like oh she's getting her job done even if it's not like absolutely you know you're not gonna be winning any MVP awards you know the bare minimum of what you have to do at your job and I would say focus on the bare minimum you know and if you can't even do that then I would ask for accommodation but the best thing to do is to over communicate if you're like underperforming or like in a rut over a long stretch and your supervisor, you know, doesn't know why and you're not saying anything, I think you're going to get a lot less grace, you know, from them or help from them than just saying, and you don't have to share personal details, but just saying like, 
I'm having a really, I'm going through something really difficult right now, or I'm having a really difficult time. And I just want you to know, you know, I'm doing the best I can. If you see areas where, well, I mean, I'm not sure exactly, but just letting them know that you're struggling with something, because I feel like it gives you a lot of leeway just because people are human in a way that otherwise you're not going to get that leeway. Yeah, I think, but, uh, I don't know, not to make this like too specific to what's happening in my workplace right now, but, um, I think where I, the difficulty (laughs) that I have in like thinking about that is I would worry about like crossing a professional line in, you know, like, I don't want to say, I don't know. I need accommodation because I like feel depressed or like need to be whatever I don't know I can't focus because of quote you know state of the world etc etc like whatever I feel like I don't think you I don't think you have to say that to your supervisor personally like I don't think you have to say depression or events I think you can just say I just want you to know I'm having a really hard time right now um, and I'm not you know able to share the details but I just wanted you to know that I'm going through something um, and, you know, I continue to work and try my best, but I just wanted you to know that this was a difficult period for me. Um, and if you see any priorities that are, you know, absolutely, I should be working on first, please let me know. Yeah. It'll, I mean, just have them tell you if you, if you know, you can't do it all because you're having a hard time, ask them to tell you what their priority is. But that's just my opinion I don't know if that's helpful or not no that is helpful and I don't even really feel that I've been like underperforming necessarily I think that the biggest issue is that there hasn't been a lot of like there's not great transparency into like what gets put on my plate so even if I feel like I've gotten like a bunch of things done from the outside it doesn't necessarily look that way and then if some things especially like things that aren't for clients take more time then it looks like I'm like not doing anything even if I've done quite a bit if that makes sense it makes perfect sense but part of that transparency thing is on you like you should if your boss can't see what you accomplish you should send it like bullet points in an email just wanted you to let you know a through m things I accomplished this week yeah (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's not bragging. Your boss doesn't have time to see it. Like literally how they think of you is just like their nebulous opinion. Do you know what I mean? And so unless there's like tangible review of your work, if you sent her an email or him an email of everything you did every week, it would be tangible. They would be like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, get so much done. Or maybe they could say to you, I'm seeing you get six things done and, you know, Tina gets seven things. <laughs> I mean, I doubt they would do that, but at least it would be tangible metrics. Yeah. I think it's a really good See, idea. See, that would be a lot better if we could track by project progress than by time. Yeah, I, couldn't I mean, what Sorry. makes sense to you? Send that to your supervisor. And then when they say, we see that you're the most unperforming person on the team, 
you say, please refer to the email I sent you at 4 p.m. on. <laughs> now, I've sent you the list of what I've accomplished, and I'd, I'd like you to point out to me which areas I'm underperforming on. <laughs> I think it's a good idea yeah. to over-communicate, <laughs> but, like, I want to recognize that it's hard to do in practice. So, for me, if I feel like I'm underperforming, then, like, my instinct is hide. Like, yes. My instinct is not let people know that I'm underperforming. I'll fix it later. Blah, blah, blah. And that is how you get into trouble. (laughs) (sighs) Like a mix of procrastination and fear. And I think that the only way through that is to, one, give yourself grace. And then, two, become more comfortable with fear and, like, stress. Uh, because like with some things, the only way out is through, if you want to stop being stressed about this big project, then like it needs to get done, but it, that can happen with you and other people's help. Yeah. I would say also, I can never get any big things done. It's too stressful, but I can get very, very small things done. And so that anything big you need to do, just break it into very, very small pieces because we can send an email or I can, you know, ask someone to help me with one thing, but I, I, it's hard to see how you can accomplish something giant, but if it's just little, then incrementally it moves forward. Yes. Are you guys there? I cut off for a second, but I'm back. I I heard someone go in and out. I couldn't tell what happened. She's back, baby. She's back. Yeah, but I think breaking things down into manageable pieces can be really helpful. You know, like I can never say this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But I can say, I'm fine doing this for one more week. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) That's fine. It's manageable. You know, if you have something huge to figure out, just do it in like very small, small pieces. I've been trying to change the way I do to-do lists as well, um, just so I feel prouder of myself at the end of the day. I don't know if I've said this before, but uh, basically I'll move like anything that I finish with a to-do list into like uh, finished column so that way at the end of the day I can see everything I did even if like some of the items are just like woke up got dressed made breakfast and coffee um, like clean the house because before uh, I would just delete everything that I finished and at the end of the day I'd look at my list and say wow I didn't do shit and I'd feel really bad mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I never deleted my finished things. I would always just check them for that same reason. You kind of want to know how you did. But I I think Lincoln, we're both kind of type A, which is very like, make a list, cross it out, <laughs> you know, like item by item, plan, prepare, execute. And I know I realize not everybody's yeah, I'm a like type that. Z. I'm a, I'm a number type. I'm not even on the alphabet. Alpha's not on the alpha. 
Yeah. I'm a type make a list. List spirals out of control. And then I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, Excuse I get that. Me. No, it's okay. Um, but I, I do think it's important to just allow ourselves to not be perfect. Not just in a work context, but in a life context as well. Where do you find you have the most trouble with that? If I can ask everybody. Um, I probably, honestly, I probably struggle the most with like toxic diet culture. It's hard for me to, to, uh, (laughs) this is like probably getting too vulnerable, but even though I know better and even though I feel like I'm body positive, I don't feel body positive every day. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's hard for me to have good life balance because I work out but I also don't eat perfectly and like I want to eat a cookie and I want to be drinking my wine and I just like I can't be perfect I know I can't be the type of person who like eats nothing and exercises all the time I don't think that's healthy or right but like our culture acculturates women especially to feel bad about themselves if they're not you know like an Instagram supermodel. And even though I know better, that is something that I'm constantly fighting and trying to like work on my own mind to be truly perfectly body positive. I didn't know that was something that was a struggle for you. Um, thanks for sharing that. Of course. What was the original question? Sorry. Oh, um, Courtney was talking about the importance of not expecting yourself to be perfect. And I said, what does everybody find the most difficult to do that with? Mm. I think mine's related to aging too. Since like my body is different than it was in my twenties. It's just hard to understand that you're not going to be the same as you always were. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like that. I struggle with um, <clears throat> work uh, fairly frequently. I can feel like I am not as good as like some of my coworkers because I work with very, very smart people. But I think some of that like uh, self-degradation comes from like me beating myself up for not having a degree. Um, So that is something that I have to give myself grace and like allow myself time to gain experience and just uh, get smarter as I grow. That's interesting. I think my boyfriend Matt feels that same way because he dropped out of school, even though he's incredibly smart. I mean, he got into Columbia. He just, it just wasn't for him, but I feel like he has that same vulnerability, almost like he has to work harder or be more loyal or he feels like he has to do more where I don't feel that at all. I feel like I know 
dozens of dumb people with degrees and in my mind it's meaningless but (laughs) like if you don't have a degree I can see the opposite you know I can see how it would feel differently I don't feel that related to my job because my job is not that demanding but I definitely you know don't like that I dropped out (laughs) so I relate to that Yeah, I think for me, like, the question of, like, perfection has to do not so much with the job that I have now, but the fact that I, like, don't know, or I don't know, I see other people doing things that I think look interesting and uh, excelling at those things. And sometimes I'm like, why am I here (laughs) why did how did i end up right here in this place that i don't like that much um and i don't know like i don't think i'm incapable of doing something that i would find interesting i just don't know wouldn't know where to start yeah yeah i do always wonder how how people find the jobs that they find if they um, are really happy with what they're doing. Oh, you should ask people. I honestly think a lot of people just fall into it. Like I had no idea that the job that I do exists. It was just sort of coincidence. Same for me. It was kind of by accident and through the people I knew. But the more you ask people, do you like your job and how did you start doing it? I mean, that's you kind of get answers. And I'm sure it's different for everybody. For sure. Well, one other thing Lincoln mentioned that he wanted to talk about was imposter syndrome. Do you want to describe that, Lincoln? I'm not sure I understand exactly. Um, Sure. So, imposter syndrome is essentially when you feel out of place or you feel like it was some sort of accident or mistake that you were chosen for some role or job or position. Um, And so you sort of beat yourself up as a fraud and you compare yourself to all these other people who you feel actually did it when in actuality uh like that's a baseless assumption and you're just being hard on yourself for no reason and pretty much anyone when they start anything has imposter syndrome oh yeah (laughs) it's funny to me that i blocked what that was i definitely have felt that before yeah (laughs) um i I think I'm good at my job, but also there are days where I feel like I'm so bad at my job that I'm like, it's funny that they gave me this job. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I get that with art stuff. I love your art, Megan. I think it's tight. Thanks. Don't dismiss my compliments. I didn't dismiss it. I said thanks. <laughs> yeah, real tight, terse thanks. <laughs> oh. 
I, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm wonderful at accepting compliments. Um, but I remember in middle school, like, like not being able to even get to the thank you because I was so wrapped up in like, I, I mean, it's it's not that good. It's okay. It's just like a doodle. But that's, I mean, you're kind of overselling it. It's it's fine. <laughs> and like, had to had to stop doing that. Because I ran into too many people who were like, who like would respond to that by ramping up the compliment. So I turned into this like horrible spiral of like, it's not that good. No, it's wonderful. I mean, it's fun. No, it's amazing. We're like, <laughs> I just want to get out of this conversation. <laughs> so I started saying, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you is the perfect way to end it. I feel like I'm wondering, is it polite to, you know, dig for more? Because I want to say, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> Could you speak more on that? Like what it is that you really liked about me or about I my mean, heart? if it was something that you made, then it, and that can be totally valid. Especially if, like, if it's something you wrote, for example, then it's totally valid to be like, like, would you tell me what you liked about it or tell me what you think works? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to dig into why the why behind people say the things that they say, or what they're actually meaning, and they might not even know, but I think it's interesting to try to make them, you know, just like stretch <laughs> a little further. <laughs> you do happen to know your love languages, Courtney. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Words of affirmation. Oh, that's my... <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> And gifts. Really? Are you a gifts person? <laughs> no, I'm really not. Say. I don't care about gifts. It's words of affirmation and um, acts of service or oh, my lesson. Quality time. Big time. Uh, I mean, I like quality time, but I prefer someone doing something for me. I think mine would be touch. But, I mean, not a lot of room for that. So, words is a big one, too. Words of affirmation. Well, I mean, physical touch. Who knows? Not probably not 2021 in coronavirus times. <laughs> but then again, I mean, they just said the 90% accuracy on the vaccine. So maybe touch is just right around Touching. the corner. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, who knows? Um, well, who who has anything else they want to say? Anything more on space and grace that we should talk about? We kind of talked about work. Um, a little bit we talked about personal lives. Does anyone have more they want to say about that in a personal setting? About it being okay to make mistakes. I do think making mistakes is the sharpest learning tool. And that time, time sort of dulls how painful making mistakes can be. And so if we can just be kind to ourselves, making mistakes is how we learn. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think that like making mistakes makes me more relatable and it makes me more compassionate and it's good in the long run. 
but also I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and I never want to make another mistake again. <laughs> well, I actually like making mistakes and it might be just that I'm in a leadership role. So I really like making mistakes so that I can tell my team about them so that it's learning for everyone, but also that it normalizes mistake making so that when they make mistakes, they're not afraid to tell me because if they don't tell me, I one can't fix it and two can't protect them. Do you know what I mean? So like, I need a culture where we tell it where it's like open and okay to make mistakes. Also, I just think it's funny. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's funny to be like, yeah, what I did. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a much better work environment <laughs> when people in leadership are willing to uh, do that. I don't feel like that's common everywhere. I don't think it's common, full stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, it should be. I mean, we have to, nobody is going to be perfect. So we have to normalize making mistakes so that we can all learn from them and everyone doesn't have to make their own individual mistakes. Thank goodness. Sounds great. But you're right. In my personal Mm -hmm. life, making mistakes is really painful. Nobody likes, you know, just like burning out or blowing up or, you know, like losing things, making bad decisions. Uh, It all sucks. Yeah. It all sucks. I think one other thing that I just want to call out is that life is really hard. So, like, why not be kind to yourself? Like, you don't need to add more harshness to, like, something that's already very difficult. I agree. I think so, too. Also, I know we talk a lot about therapy, but I also feel like asking for help, um, not just from friends and loved ones, but also like our personal care providers. <laughs> I'm just thinking about myself, about how I started taking anti-anxiety medication and how it has really helped me. I feel like an unusual side effect I wouldn't have thought of is that as someone who's kind of neurotic and can't stop and you know is very task oriented and has to get things done, it has helped me relax. Like I find that I'm like taking a day on the weekend and I'm just sort of relaxing and my house is dirtier, but my mind feels freer. That's great. It feels better. I think it has helped me sit still. That sounds nice. It's nice to, um, I think it sounds nice to, uh, to feel secure enough in what you have in like where you are and what you have gotten done even if it's not because you got everything done but because you're giving yourself grace like you said to be able to like no it's okay for me to take this time to just rest being rest being well rested is a goal and an end unto itself and rest is productive you're like regenerating brain cells Yeah, I also think in that same vein, like a glass half full instead of glass half empty, like when you were saying, like, I just think I'm not where I wanted to be, but instead, I like, could be dead in the ditch <laughs> about where you are. Sorry. Uh, what did you say? That was inappropriate. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Okay, I'll have to listen back. I didn't hear what you said. But I just meant like um like better appreciating how far you've come. Not, you know, all the things you didn't check off, but all the things that you did. Like there are thousands of books I haven't read, but there are hundreds of books that I have. There are many places I haven't been, but there are places I have. There are lessons I haven't learned, but there are lessons I have. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I know I'm type A, but it might be helpful to write a list <laughs> for when you can't remember. <laughs> I think memory is part of it. Memory is part of it. Um, keeping that record. Because when you feel like shit, you remember the shit and not the good stuff. Yeah, I think it's helpful to have a record for when you can't think of those things on your own. So, well, that's all I've got. Anyone have any like last pearls of wisdom they want to share? I do think hopefully not just ourselves, but anyone listening, you know, takes the time to remember positive things about themselves and truly thinks about giving themselves space and grace this week or being kind to themselves. Um, in the end of a very, very mm. difficult year, <laughs> I hope we are all giving ourselves some grace, you know, for what we didn't get accomplished or what we, you know, didn't do. Um, but just being kind, because if you're listening to this, you survived, you know, you survived this and year. And that is not nothing. And it ain't nothing. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Anything else? Nope. Lindsay Meg Link. Nope. I think I'm good. Love you. Love All you. right. Well, I love you guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Smell you later.